Record Night. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And what do we do here at Record Night, Chris? Record Night is we pick a uh, theme, and then we each pick a record based on that theme, and we talk about it, we discuss it, we play for each other, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into this episode, uh, feel free to check us out on social media. We are on Facebook at Record Night. We are yeah, Instagram at Record Night Pod. We are at we're on Twitter at record underscore night, yep. or you can just email us at recordnightpod at gmail.com and chat with us, send us theme ideas, yell at us, request music, whatever you want to do. Tell us about we suck. I mean, well, don't, don't send I mean, that. I I'll get I'll get sad if I read that. I don't get sad. I actually, <laughs> I, I lean into it. You know, mm-hmm. like if someone talks shit, I'm like, yeah, do more. <laughs> Draw more ire. <laughs> yeah. But um, this, what's this, our theme today? Well, this is our 51st episode, and it is oh, yeah. not in the mood or something you got to be in the mood for. Yeah, which is a good one. Kind of uh, hard hard for me to pick, but, you know, um, you know, it was hard. Yeah, but, <laughs> but um, what did you pick? I brought Sufjan Stevens. Uh, Stevens's Stevens, yeah, Sufjan Stevens, <laughs> The Age of Odds. Uh, pre- it's, it's spelled A D Z, but it's pronounced odds. Right. I found that. Yeah. And would you I brought Hella's. Uh, there's no six 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 in outer space. Oh, nice. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about these two. Yeah, a lot. Do you know anything about Hella? They're a band from Sacramento. Uh, they used to be, or they're like mostly a two piece. Most of their mm-hmm. discographies, them being a two piece, they they're kind of like, I don't know, I guess like Godfathers of the math rock yeah. genre. Like, yeah, I think their first album is one of those like, oh, you're trying to get into math rock. Listen to this. <laughs> but I don't think they consider themselves like math rock musicians. Right. At least the state of math rock now, like they're not. I don't, they're not like too similar to what that sounds like. Um, they even did some stuff where they, they kind of did like two piece stuff where it's like just guitar and drums for a while. And then mm-hmm. they're like, we want to be noisier. So they just made more like noise pieces. Um, and so it's mostly made up of Zach Hill, who's drummer, producer, does all kinds of stuff. Uh, probably best known for Death Grips. Uh, one of his newer projects is called Undo K from Hot. Um, and then he has like a million other projects. Like he's played with pretty much everybody. And then Spencer, I think it's Syme, uh, who's the guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, and his probably most famous side project would be The Advantage, which is where they like do straight up NES music uh, covers. Okay, on like Nintendo Core sort of thing. Yeah, but okay. they they do it like as straight up as possible. It's really good. I okay. I think they're my favorite of that kind of thing. Okay. But then you get to this album. Um, There's no six 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 in outer space. Yeah. Came out in two thousand seven. Um, and they ex- decided to expand to a five piece. Wow. So okay. now now they got now they got five members. They got a bunch of people. Uh, so it's got Zach, it's got Spencer, it's got Zach's cousin, Josh Hill. It's got Carson McWhirter on bass and then Aaron Ross on vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only album with this lineup. To me, uh, we'll maybe get into it a little bit more when we listen to it. Yeah, It kind of sounds like Mars Volta. Like, not def- white, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, which Zach would then later go on and play with, like, as the drummer <laughs> with a Mars Volta lineup, but not as Mars Volta. Yeah, just some, like, thing that Cedric did. Yeah, they um, call it uh, Cryptomnesia. It's real. It's a really good album, but it's like, this kind of just sounds like Mars Volta, except they cuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then pretty, at least famously within uh, Hella Circles, this reviewed really poorly. I think it's Spin. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I think they gave it like a 1.5 stars. Um, and then they took like a screenshot of the review and put it on a t-shirt as merch. <laughs> wow. Um, I do have a lot of things to say about this record when we, uh, after we play the sampler, but uh, yeah, when we play the sampler, I think I'll just get into it. Are you, are you ready to do it? I think so. I mean, that's all, that's all I know. I think that's about as good of a <laughs> intro as you're going to get for this thing. Okay, here we go. This is a There's No 666 in Our Space by Hella.
already that was hell is that there's no 666 out of space. So I want to start out by saying that I know all these dudes are insanely talented. Yes. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, at their instruments, <laughs> like Zach Hill is the drummer, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Amazing. Fucking uh, incredible drummer. Uh, the, yeah, the drumming on this thing, like the um, the playing on, on all of this is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's unreal. But real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, uh, since this is not in the mood, can I mm-hmm. guess what I think you mood yet to be in to listen to this? Sure. Uh, you're able to take relentless noise the whole thing. <laughs> this thing is fucking <laughs> relentless. It's insanely mathy. Like, insanely. Like, in the, I wouldn't call this dense, but I'd just definitely say that you have to be awake <laughs> to listen to it. Uh, it is. Like, I'm still, I, like, everyone's playing crazy on this. Uh-huh. Just constantly. Yeah, constant. Everyone constant. is just constantly ripping, and there's five people just, like, adding to these layers. There's a lot to it, and I'm still, like, when I listen to it, you know, to take notes and all this stuff, is, like, I'm still hearing new things on this album, which is really cool. But, yeah, this thing's, like, an hour long. Out, yeah, it's hours. just, like, <laughs> oh, my God. it's Because like, there's just so much, and it's constant. Yeah, and... I, I, I do think to me that that works to its detriment a bit um, because mm. because it's relentless. I, 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 I listened to this in the background, and then yesterday I listened to it, take notes on it, and it was like I was like tired as fuck. I've been outside. I've been sweating. I'm like, God damn, this thing is relentless. Like, like yeah. uh, um, but <clears throat> I also uh, think the the singer's vocals are a bit – kind of have to be in the mood for it. Like they're yeah. kind of they're, like they're very, nasally and they're kind of getty mixed with Cedric. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I don't think that you, you might disagree with me, but I, I really think the vocals do not improve on the songs at all. In fact, it seems like most of the time he's trying to keep up with, with the mu- music happening. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can definitely jive with that. Cause uh, my big problem with this album is you have all these amazing musicians doing amazing things, but the vocals are mixed just high enough that it blocks out a lot of like the musicianship. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times where it's like, I kind of just want him to shut up for a second so yeah. I can latch on to what the music is actually doing before he sings over it. Now, was it a big contention? Cause I don't think the previous record had the vocals on there. Right? A lot of the vocals and stuff were more like buried in their, yeah. some of their older stuff. Yeah. So I, if I remember, I read a little bit about it, and I know people were pretty uh, divisive on this record in particular. Um, mm-hmm. But we can go by track by track uh, when it comes to Hellas. We'll start with the uh, World Series. You good with that? Let's do it. I mean, yes, yeah, start from the beginning. I think yeah. it's as good a spot of any, as any. <laughs> so, um, World Series, it starts out kind of spooky, and then finally, like, like I don't know, like a minute and a half, and it gets it gets going. When it comes to this song... It, it's the it's the longest on the record. Or it's one of the longest songs, right? It's like ten minutes, it's like seven minutes long, and all the other ones like yeah. They they have minutes. a few kind of like seven to ten minuteers. Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to this one, it's got so much in it. <laughs> um, yeah, every song does. I was I was having issues kind of with the sampler because it's like, you know, most songs I get your verse, you get your chorus, yeah, and it's like if I want to make like a you know like a slice of it, yeah. If you want, if you want the thesis of a song. Or like you know, yeah. Usually, I can just like I'll take a little bit of this, take a little bit of this, and I'm good. But this is like, okay, the the intro bit. They're playing something different from this, <laughs> and they're playing something different from this. And then there's the jam at the end, and there's a sax solo, yeah, and you're yeah. like, 
what? Yeah, they get <laughs> they get really prog on this one. Um, and then there there's some sort of free form I'm gonna put in quotes shredding at the end of it because uh what they were playing is not what I consider shredding, but it was definitely uh fingers going wild on the fretboard. Um, but um, yeah, and I think I think one of like the biggest hurdles on this album is I guess like the the mathiness or the progressive rockness of it because it's like. I feel like on this whole thing, there's no just like easy to bob your head yeah, to none of that. Yeah. things, but they do, they get into like things, which I really like. Um, this song is one of my favorites on the album. Mm-hmm. They do this thing kind of throughout the album where it's all like kind of off kilter beats, but then a lot of songs will kind of have like jammy moments Yeah, yeah. where like, it's still a little off kilter, but you can kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, it's insane, but the, like the ideas in this thing are just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't understand how they keep up with it. Like, how do you how do you perform? This how do you line? memorize these beats to have five people all playing it? <laughs> so starting at about four minutes and fifteen seconds is probably like my favorite bit on the album because mm-hmm. they you know they just kind of get into a cool little thing. The sax solo shows up and they they stick to a beat long enough that you can kind of get into it. Yeah, I was doing that. I was like oh, the whole record I was sort of like. No, no, that's that's not it. That's not it. But um, I did put funky brass because I mean, it, it sounded like maybe more than a saxophone, maybe a couple of places. But again, it's hard to know um because, like you said, there's so much shit going on in every <laughs> single song. Like when I was trying to come up with the vocals, I hear like you said um you said um you know Mars Volta and I said Getty Lee, and I hear a little bit of Aussie influence. Did you hear that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um. Of the first song just sort of it sets the mood because because it's proggy as fuck and this whole record's sort of proggy as fuck even when it's not freeform to me like like yeah and that's kind of the weird thing with this album is like a lot it has all the pieces of like progressive rock mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know if I feel comfortable calling this a progressive rock album no it's it's a little too loose for that I think it, like mm-hmm. like I um it's because like you said there's a bunch of freeform shit. Not saying progressive rock doesn't have that, but progressive rock is usually like it's usually really structured to me, and I, I don't know if that's I mean me I'm talking I might ask me mm-hmm. I don't know enough progressive rock to do that but the hell of man, <laughs> uh, and I want to go off the other way like the lyrics on this weren't impressive I I don't know if Aaron Ross is you know a dude who I I don't know how and I don't know how much of a real lyricist he actually is. I was, I mean, I'm not really impressed by him except for the, the cool things like he has a few cool song tiles that leave into it, but I wasn't, I wasn't, they don't mean anything, which is fair. I mean, they have, <clears throat> I think there's some good bits. There's like, uh, the look on your face has been making me lose sleep for days, or did someone open an undertow, or is this drowning feeling typical? <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the look on your face and making me lose sleep for days, and then it says, asleep in the haze. I'm like, so are you sleeping or are you not? <laughs> so, but um, but again, like, there's there's like little good nuggets there, but I didn't I didn't really connect with this the lyrics in the song. Not that I need to connect in the lyrics at all. There's plenty of shit I don't listen to for the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single black metal record I listen to. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the second track. Let your heavies out, mm-hmm. which I um. This is probably my my favorite song on the record. If That's I had to pick one. one, yeah, um, I think I think this album has a stronger first half than a back half. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, it opens with just like weird as hell guitar riff, <laughs> which yeah, uh, they also slip in somewhere in the beat a single hand clap. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, we all need that hand, hand clap because I love hand claps. <laughs> like I, I think I've told you many times, uh, pop music needs more hand claps. I think mm-hmm. most music yeah. does. Yeah, uh, I agree. But um, I don't know. It's just so funny. Like it's got this like just weird like extended meter beat, and then somewhere near the end, you just get like a. <laughs> <laughs> also, at about two fifty minutes, two minutes fifteen seconds in is where the song takes a left turn. It becomes something completely different than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is some uh, some crazy lyrics in it, like uh, "Kill your man and feed to your kids." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, again, uh, this is also one of the ones where I thought it was a little. They did have a kind of quote course, I guess, right? But um, but again, I thought I thought the I thought the Aaron Ross was trying to fit in. He was trying. He was trying to go. As, he was trying to fit his lyrics in on this record. Now I don't know if they told him to to do. Like I, I don't know if they gave him free reign or whatever, mm-hmm. or they told or they were like, we want it this way in here because. The first two, the first two retracts, I really struggle to find a melody. There's a vocal pattern, like very faintly, a vocal pattern of sorts, but the melody isn't there. Not that, not that we need a melody. Again, I listen to music without melody all the time. But, um, <laughs> but uh, my biggest contention with this whole record are the are the vocals because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they improve, and I, I think on some of it is a detriment. You know, yeah, especially so. when like they'll get like kind of like do these really like dissonant passages mm-hmm. and he'll just kind of be like wailing over the top of it. And yeah, it's kind of just like, wrong. it's like this at this point, it's not even really that fun to listen to. And it's like, I want <laughs> you to get beyond whatever you're doing now so we can get back into some cool stuff. Yeah. I was, I was, mm, I was trying, there were some songs I'm like, why this is not fun to me at all. Um, uh, but again, I, I found a lot to like about let your, let your heavies out. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, uh, in parts of the guitar line, it ha- it's very like it feels like bluegrass inspired. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man. Um, but but uh, yeah, man. This uh, this song right here, like it's so after getting past the first track, I was like, okay, this is what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and uh, how how is this similar to other Hell Records? Again, I know that we have probably Hell coming up again at some point. Uh, the I mean the instrumentation. It's okay. pretty similar. We'll we'll probably in the future listen to one of their like duo albums, mm-hmm. which is equally as like complex and out there and hard to keep up with. But you have less to pay attention to. OK, um, which I think does make it easier to I uh, listen to, I guess, because you're only paying attention to drums and guitar going crazy, not adding in <laughs> an additional guitar and synths and bass and singing. So uh, the the last track I last little note I have on the song is just too much. Um, but, um, <laughs> I wrote I wrote something like similar in a similar vein. Um, I think I've listened to this one enough that it's not really like too much for me anymore beyond like mm. the overall length of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just five people ripping at once, and it's really hard to wrap your head around. Have you seen them live? Uh, no. Oh. I think one time I was going to go see Zach Hill live. Yeah. And um, I, he like snapped his ankle playing drums too hard. <laughs> um, so, I, so he canceled are, the show. Are Hell is still a band? Because I think they haven't released anything since, what, 2000, 
10? Yeah, they released Tripper. I think they've been hinting uh, that they're doing something. I know they're doing a repress of their first album, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. for. Um, yeah, they, they've been hinting that like something's going on. Okay. But like Zach Hill's always busy. And I think Spencer works has like a high position at like NASA or some shit. <laughs> so he's a little busy. Yeah. I mean, um, busy trying to keep funding. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I I think they're they're coming up with something. Okay, so you just keep your eyes open and pe- ears peeled or whatever they go. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ungrateful Dead. Uh, probably was, the most straightforward track on the album. Yeah, I said Proggy Froggy at the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there there is a chorus in this actually. I think um, if we're talking about if we're talking about traditional strong song structure, which always. We always kind of talk shit about, but uh, I don't hate that. Um, this yeah, one, this, this one has a lot of good like rocking moments. Like I, uh-huh. I was talking about how you know individual tracks will kind of have their little like moments that you can kind of sit there and like bob your head to. Yeah, I think this one overall has the most moments like that. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, probably the chorus part you're talking about where he's saying the ungrateful dead. Um, yeah, and then there's the part where he's saying he's like kind of like. Repeating comatose. Yeah. Comatose. <laughs> but uh also in swim infection and the realization of self, that, that's the part that that I was like, oh, they're playing that part again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, because a lot of the, a lot of this record, there's not there's um <laughs> there's not repeating anything. <laughs> I'm like you're like uh this part of the song, this part of the song, and you're I'm like, how do you remember that like like I said amazing musicians i don't know how insane remembers stupid because whenever i think of a, a riff i never think of it as single notes i think it was one thing you know right and so uh maybe that's how it's been but again i i i'm just not that talented or or crazy i don't know like which is me <laughs> to, to do this and to bring three other people into this i don't mm, that's that's hard, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. How you yeah, do that. I, like, I mean, I do think uh, the people they brought in have played this kind of stuff before. I know uh, Josh Hill used to be in like Zach Hill's original band, okay. uh, which sounded very primacy. Maybe we'll check them okay. out at some point. Um, Carson McWhorter is like a he, he was in the advantage playing Nintendo stuff, which is already hard. Um, but he also does his own like solo guitar stuff. That's ridiculously cool. Um, and I think Aaron Ross has been like, I, I can't, I don't know if it's the same guy, but, um, I've watched a hella documentary where it's like, they'll have a guy come out and do like slam poetry between songs while they're, <laughs> uh, tuning to their different weird tunings. I wonder if they did that live. That'd be kind of cool. Right? What? That's something you just do, out, do slam poetry. Or that's when he was doing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's kind of neat. I'd, I'd be into that. Because, I mean. Performance I'm not that. sure if it's the same guy, um, but you know, yeah. it was he. He's kind of been in the mix. I think all of these people yeah. have some sort of, you know, playing rapport with each other. Uh, I do oh, like this. Is speaking of live and weird stuff. I'm pretty sure they opened for System of a Down uh, following <laughs> oh this God. album, <laughs> and I want to know like what the System of a Down fans thought. I'd, I'd like to think that most of them were pretty open-minded, but I, I can't be you, sure. And you that. would think every time, yeah. are you ever like on like Facebook or Instagram or something and you see 
uh, you know, like a pretty big band announce like something that's related, but kind of like out of left field for like an opener and people get so mad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know about mass sound disturbed, how people were upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've it, talked or, to people who went to the, so there used to be a double headline tour that was happening of mm-hmm. tool and King Crimson. What was that like? Uh, people were like, I hated King Crimson. They suck so much. And it's okay, like, man, so, fuck you. <laughs> like, have you listened? I mean, fuck, man. Like, the whole reason like, they were touring together was because Tool was like, this is our biggest inspiration. Yeah. And and people were like, like oh, I don't like it. These old fuckers, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that. I mean, uh, Or uh, yeah. I think like Baby Metal opened for Rob Zombie. What do you think about Baby Metal? I think they're fun. They're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're but fun. like Rob Zombie handpicked them to open for him. Like he liked something with it, but it's like they couldn't. The fans couldn't even be open minded long enough to like go see it. So Rob Zombie's latest movie sucks, Three from Hell. Uh, but that, 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 but I think he's working on another one uh, and whatever on his movie. Isn't he working yeah. on the monsters? Oh, he is working on the monsters. Forgot about that. And I have no clue how to feel about that. Um, but um, <laughs> but Rob Zombie regardless of uh his his movies and music he just seems like a pretty chill motherfucker like he seems to love what he does mm-hmm. yeah which yeah, is great he seems like a cool dude i don't really like much besides like dragula i think that's got enough told- like of a nostalgia factor to it that i'll i'll listen to it i told you i was i met uh spider one of Pyro man 5000 right yeah, <laughs> yeah okay his, his like cousin or something yeah 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 and he was he was fine he just I, I don't I was because I was I was at Panic Fest and I saw this guy and his hair is like this dude probably really likes Power Man Five Thousand like I saw him <laughs> in, in in a screening I'm like I'm like surely that's not Spider One right I was like that's not Spider from Power Man Five Thousand and then I looked at the program I bought in the last movie was a movie by by Storm. like that was that fucker okay but um crazy you know. it not only is it crazy that you met spider for one whatever his name is from power yeah, man spider 5000 one. yeah crazier still you recognize spider one on site i know right i like, could like, like in my mind he looks like um like the lead singer of the offspring <laughs> dexter holland yeah yeah like dexter holland. <laughs> but um yeah let, let's i guess let's move on to um, yeah i know we could t- we quick, could talk all day about power man 5000 but we're talking real about quick my favorite part about the Grateful Dead is the ring of my holy fire part at the end, mm-hmm. where he, which is because that's also another, I almost head Bobby part, I think. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've kind of been talking shit on the vocalist. Um, he, he doesn't have like the best voice, but he does hit some pretty good falsetto yeah. moments oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. on this album where you're like, okay, he's like, he's got chops. He's got a weird yeah. voice, but he's got chops. Yeah. He, he, he hit the range and, like Getty Lee can hit the range, mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, again, yeah, you know, I think I think your Getty Lee comparison is better than my uh, like Mars Volta comparison because yeah. it is uh, like they don't they sound pretty similar, but like that acquired taste of like if you can't get over how Getty Lee's vocals sound, you're gonna have a hard time getting into the music. You know what friends don't do? Uh, let friends win. Yeah, friends don't love friends when that's the next song. Um, this has a bunch of stop starts. Like, uh, there's a bunch of stop starts in this song, but there's this is definitely like mechanically stop start, mm-hmm. and not mechanically like it, 
like it, it, it has a time signature because because what it is I, I can't tell you but um <laughs> but this is the song where i thought where the ozzy comparison ozzy really came in like i'm like this sounds a lot like ozzy osbourne oh um, yeah yeah be- for whatever reason this one rang to me as like having like a punk vibe and i don't know why i think i don't know the shortness of it it's <laughs> not it but um I guess I can see that. Like, like thinking about it, it's, it's definitely the most, uh, I guess, rocky of it. Like, as in like, like, Oh, these are guitars and they're making sounds like guitars make. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But, but it, this one, this one's got some pretty decent lyrics on it. You've got the, I've got no interest in the future of mankind. Uh-huh. Uh, I lose because losing is the only way to be known. Uh, when true. I am nothing, I will Feel less afraid. Okay. Less afraid. I was like, man, I could not read my own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, uh, I, like I said, there are cool nuggets in here, but we're gonna talk about lyrics in the next record a lot. But um, with this one, uh, like again, Aaron Ross, I'm, I, if this, I don't the, know if the, he wrote the lyrics though. Sometimes the singers aren't the ones who write the lyrics. Okay, because I'm gonna. It looks like Aaron Ross and Zach Hill wrote this, so I guess I'm gonna. I don't know how you say, like, oh, I wrote this song. I'm like, what part of it? Right. <laughs> Maybe they just work together. Like, oh, it would be cool if you said this. Yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, if I, when I was in a band with my brother, I never really asked what the lyrics they were writing up were about any sort of aspect. I was like, I was like, uh, to me, as long as they weren't like overtly racist or misogynist, which mm-hmm. they never were. But like, I, I would trust the, you know, the, the vocalist to write lyrics that work with us. Right. But yeah, you got to be careful with that though. There's, I feel like every so often there's like, uh, so usually, you know, the black metal community. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where it's, you know, people secretly, you can't understand what they're saying because they're just screeching and, you know, they're mixing in a lot of like white nationalist lyrics and, you know, the, the people playing the music are just like, I just liked his vocals. I didn't know. It's like, yeah, dude, ask. That's, that's <laughs> ask what the vocals it. are. Yeah, and you're looking at the lyric book like, coded by Barb Vikings. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I want to call it like a minor song on this record to me. Uh, friends Don't Let Friends Win. I like the name of it. But, right. Uh, yeah, I, I think the lyrics on this one are probably some of like the more clear lyrics uh-huh. on the album yeah. where you know you kind of get this like, you know, everyone's rooting for your failure, so embrace it or something. Yeah. Um, but this one gets this one does get into another cool little thing around the two minute, 15 second mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocals get crazy at the end. But overall, this track is another one that's like just very cluttered. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, the, the saying cluttered for this record is, is saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, my my second favorite track on this record is the things that people do when they think no one's looking. That's a good one. It's a, it's a wordy title, but it's also it's actually this one adds even hooky a little bit because because um I think this probably has my favorite favorite vocal pattern on the record. Pick Which it. part's that? Uh, the first verse, really. Mm. Mm. I yeah, I like the chorus on this one with the uh, the day they proved the earth was round was the day they flattened holy ground. Mm-hmm. I think I, he sings really <laughs> wait, great on there. I actually like that lyric quite a bit because you get that like. It, it it's subtle with what it's trying to say, but like mm. you know, by proving the earth was round and embracing science and stuff, they lessened the impact of religion. Yeah, boom, yeah. good and lyric. People got, 
<laughs> and the, and people and people got pissed about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like this one. It's a little bit more like laid back of a song. Uh, it feels like the guitars kind of have room to breathe. It feels mm-hmm. a little more like progressive rockier. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely has that. And also, there is kind of a course in this when it comes to the day, the day they proved the Earth was round. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is like I said, sick, second favorite song on the record, and it's. It's a good one. I like this song. <laughs> if uh, I were to show someone this uh, record, it would be this song. I mm-hmm. think. It's a, it's a good one. Um, it's it got it's got like a really cool like interlocking guitar riff near the mm-hmm. end that's playing over like looped uh, vocals. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I, I like that part quite a bit. I think it's my favorite part on this uh, track. I, I actually think my favorite uh, line in this is the laughter will keep us alive. Mm-hmm. So I like the, I, I uh, the burning bridges never felt so right. Oh yeah, it never <laughs> did. Uh, we can move on to um, "Hand That Rocks the Cradle," which is the corniest song I've heard in recent memory. The what? <laughs> corniest song I've heard. Corniest. Recent memory. I the uh, the chorus or whatever the the hook gets stuck in my head so often. And that rocks the crate. That part, yeah. yeah. Um, Is setting all the tables in the yeah. all the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I like that because he sings it twice, and the second time he sings it, he goes into a crazy falsetto that I can't even <laughs> pretend to uh, copy. Yeah. So uh, this one, uh, when it starts out, it sounds like Nintendo Core, which uh, you tell me that they do weird shit like that all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah, because this one they focus a little bit more on like this, like crazy synth bass sound. Yeah, and this one's kind of jaunty and funky at the same time. Oh Especially yeah, that, with, it's it's like bouncy. The drums have some like cowbell in it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about Parliament when I heard the, the singing with uh the world, like like. <laughs> and um, this one's actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, yeah, I do like the, some weird thing about the world. It ran, uh, despite the answer, the world is it ransom. I like that a lot. Uh, it, and it's definitely it's corny, but it's a fun song. <laughs> like, like I I've had to count the funnest song in this record is this one. Oh yeah, yeah. But all the other ones are fun, I guess. Um, but um, I think the album itself kind of all has like a fun vibe. Like I feel like they're a lot of the stuff isn't so serious that. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that kind of makes it hard to be like, oh, yeah, it's progressive rock because it feels like it's not <laughs> taking itself super seriously. Moving on to uh, 2012 and Countless. Which this is such a weird thing on this album where this track has the like title lyrics of the album. <laughs> right. But it's not the title track because that's the last track, which also has the title for the album in the lyrics. Right. Right. Like they just so, really liked that one. There's no six 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 in outer space. They just like that. So these has like spooky sounds that travel from speaker if you're listening to headphones from ear to ear, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it goes back and forth. If and for some reason my ear hasn't been ringing so bad that I can't do that. Like <laughs> it's it's it. I can definitely hear uh, clear in both of them, which is yeah. Strange. So this this track is kind of in two halves. It's like the first half mm-hmm. is kind of these like just droney synth sounds. And then about two minutes in, uh, halfway through, uh, they they do the "There's No Six part. Um, yeah, which repeats it, a lot. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really like 
change all that much. But yeah, the drums are going crazy. You got this crazy guitar line happening. And they're just saying there's no 666 in outer space. I would th- see this being maybe a time, like, but if, I know it's a double LP, right? Um, probably. Yeah, it's an hour long, so yeah. Yes, it, it's turned over the turn over the disc at this point, maybe. I don't actually, do, do you have this on vinyl? No, I wish. Do you need a hell on vinyl or have they not reached I do, it? yeah, yeah. I've got, um, I think two of their EPs and uh, Tripper. Okay. So I've cool. got, uh, God, what are they called? Uh, Total Bugs Bunny on Wild Bass. Uh, <laughs> bitches Ain't Shit But Good People. And Tripper. <laughs> but yeah, so this track, 2012 and Countless, uh, it's not quite like a filler track, but it's no. it could be. Yeah, it's like and- too long to be a filler track, but two yeah. minutes of it are droney synth sounds and then the last two minutes are kind of like the same little thing like it has the the vibe of two filler tracks mushed together i think a little respite in it like you just gives a little like like if you've been feeling overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. I, I should i mean you two minutes of uh, just sort of your ears being fucked with <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we can move on to anarchists just want to have fun yeah I, I love the title and i think that might be my favorite part of this track. I love the fuzz in this. And I don't know if you want to talk about, but to me, it's really fuzzy. Yeah. Um, well, like that little like opening guitar bit, it's like crunchy yeah, yeah. and really like loosely played. Yeah. And also like, I, I actually love the vocal pattern in this one. Like I know I'm talking shit on the vocals, but the vocal pattern in this one has the most catchy part. Like the, if I'm talking about hooks, the vocal pattern, like it's, it feels like it fits. Oh yeah. Just, right. in the verses like the, yeah, yeah. People, places, bang, and things. Yeah. And so yeah, I like that part. I like how different and catchy it is from the, like the other parts of the track. This is one of those mm-hmm. ones that like, they do that kind of like really dissonant, crunchy patterns where he's just kind of like also wailing on his vocals and it's like almost uncomfortable to listen to. And then it yeah. cuts to this really catchy thing. Yeah. There's actually a part when you hit hot your head for at least, a good 10 to 15 seconds in the song. <laughs> um, I do like some of this, like uh, the sickness of all grown board. They broke their hands on heaven's door. I like that line a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this I'm saying this all the time, but there's just so much noise in every single track. And that's, that's how his thing. I'm going to guess. Right. Mm-hmm. At least, at least for this one and some of their uh, like noisier albums. Mm. Uh, I also, the last bit in this, has one of like my favorite like Zach Hill drum beats. It's like where yeah. he's just he's going crazy on the uh the bass drum. Mm. It's like it's matching a lot of the stuff. Like it, it sounds really heavy and I really like <laughs> it. Um man, dull things. Yeah. It's not it's not dull. But uh-uh. but but, but uh, at this point I'm like man I really have to peep out. I want to finish it. I feel like this is something I had to I had to sit like I had to sit down and let's do the whole thing. Um, because I don't want to stop it, right? <laughs> uh, that, that's how you get the the real experience of it, right? Not having to I be think, in the mood. I, I think I think that's both. I think that's both these records today, like sort of like as a piece. But um, but yeah, somewhere one, somewhere in Anarchists want to have fun, Dull Fangs, mm-hmm. or soundtrack to Insecurity. That's mm-hmm. kind of right around the point where I start running out of steam. Oh, yeah. like I I really feel like the back half of this album pretty much everything after 
2012 and countless it's all kind of like a blur like i i it feels like a lot of like the lesser songs are thrown near the end they kind of start to sound the same i i've run out of energy uh yeah so, with how, so I, I started taking breaks here okay okay um but you knew that you knew that was coming up um yeah i think this album maybe doesn't work it, like it kind of works as like a full album but i think it works better as like individual tracks Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to listen to I oh, I'm in the mood for this kind of thing. I'm going to listen to a track from it or a couple tracks from it. Yeah, uh, I, I rarely listen to this thing all the way through. <laughs> yeah, this the, the still things it's it's you're like, you're like, whoa, a lot of shit's happening. And I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, but um, uh, I use the term dense, but again, I don't know if that's the right term for this. It's just so much again. Like I put that a lot, a lot, a lot of um tracks on this record. I put just so much. Like, right. Yeah. This one it opens it like the little like fade in synth sound reminds me a lot of uh the opening to Roundabout by Yes. Mm. The rest of the song doesn't sound like it, but like that part, I was like, oh damn, this sounds like Roundabout. Um, uh, this one's probably one of the more like progressive rock sounding songs on mm. here. When you were uh, when when you first heard this record, were you a fan of Hell already, or is this like something? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah. Were you wait? So you're waiting for it to come out? Uh, no. This came out, no. I think, before. No, I was into Hella. I just okay. I just hadn't heard this one. Yeah. I think yeah. I didn't like it when I first heard it, and then like as I've listened to it more, I I gained an appreciation when I was in the mood for it. Okay. Which is why this one's an in the mood one because it's like yeah. I think I went back and visited it like five or six times before it like clicked, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, okay." That's happened a lot for me this past year when it comes to music. By the way, um, like something just finally clicking, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, I get what they're I get what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. See, and- I would have thought this one would have been one of your favorite tracks because the verses have like a Bob Dylan delivery on it. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I didn't think about it that way. And but, some yeah. incomprehensible lyrics. It's, got, it, yeah. it's it's like Bob Dylan during his like weird era. Yeah, I mean, he has a weird every song, every record has some sort of weird ass song that mm-hmm. that that's not good. Um, but um, like like you think it's Bob Dylan being weird? I think it's him being lazy or something like that. It's like being Bob Dylan, <laughs> it's, it's being BD. Oh, Dil, oh, Dill boy. But um, by the way, I met your friend. Uh, I did like I did. Dylan was a nice guy. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> good dude. And his, uh, his uh, speech was hilarious at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, get that I, big I think long I've, scroll. I've got the scroll sitting around here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, let's move on from. Did we talked about the whole things, right? Yeah. That's um, what we were just talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, soundtrack to insecurities, which is, which is a great title for you because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's good. The little like opening thing um, that the guitar does is really mm-hmm. cool it almost reminds me of like the jackass opening mm-hmm. uh oh, yeah yeah definitely hear that a little bit kind of like that like twangy country yeah. guitar sound um but yeah you get this really cool with the vocals like this like stuttery skittery vocal effect yeah and for the first part of it you're like oh this is the most conventionally song like structure until you get to the end which is different right <laughs> Uh, I like I like this track like when you're listening really closely because there's a lot of 
like interplay between what the guitars mm -hmm. are doing. So it's like yeah. kind of like call and response or one guitar will play something in one ear because that's how they have it split. They've got one guitar in one ear, one guitar in the other. Yeah, there's no like it's not 60 40. It's 100 100. <laughs> like, right. That's what I could tell you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so they're uh, they're like playing off of each other. So it's like a pattern will happen in this ear and then it'll happen in this ear and, you know, back and forth, which I really like. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, but like you said, you're locking guitars. They, I, I see them. I see them having a good, good time when it comes to adding two, two guitars. And I, what, what was, um, what was the record after this again? Tripper. I think Yeah, Tripper. they took a Tripper. pretty extended break. Okay. Did they come back with two guitars as well? No, with they Tripper? went back to being a duo. Okay. Uh, the, I mean, they probably have so many fucking ideas. It doesn't, doesn't matter that much. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I do like some of the tracks in here. Like, I mean, you don't normally like you think you do, which I've heard. I just thought I'd make SPX. Cause that was oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's the course. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but, maybe, um, hey, maybe it's an MXPX reference. Let's talk about the yeah. final track. There's no 666 in outer space. Yeah, this this one is uh this one is the one I think we had the the most problem with the vocals being crammed in. Um, oh really? Yeah, uh, it's but the bass line in this is cool. <laughs> I like the bass yeah, line which a lot. I noticed on my listening sessions this time around that like it keeps going, like mm -hmm. it's buried behind kind of like the walls of guitar, but like that little opening bit uh, that like leads off the song. He keeps playing mm -hmm. that throughout the track. Yeah. So it kinda, it popped out to me when I was listening on some nicer headphones this time around. Oh, what, were, what are you? What headphones were you using? The same ones I always use, but it's oh. been so long since I've listened to this album. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, uh, both the records I think was too was too infrequently. Mm -hmm. We do we do revisit them. And that's why you got to be good... in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this this also is a song. It sort of just fades out. Like, yeah, like, but like the longest fade out in history because it yeah, fades yeah. out for like two minutes. <laughs> and you're like, it's getting lower. Is is it fading out? Yeah, I guess it is fading out. It's definitely not as loud as it used to be. And then it goes away. And you're like, yeah, okay. and it does get, it gets, it's pretty chaotic throughout a lot of it. Um, But then it gets, it gets a little less chaotic when they're jamming, um, which is cool. But, and then I think it has like a fake out ending in there. And then it has the okay, real yeah, ending yeah. where it like fades There's a big out. There's a big stop and then it comes back in. And there's a, a few of those in this record, actually. Mm -hmm. A big stop. And but this is the one that I I specifically thought Mars Volta. Um, there's a song off our first record, and I don't have Theatrics ESP, uh -huh. where there's a there's a point if you knew do you know that record? Yeah, that's my favorite Mars Volta yeah. record. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you know that oh god, what's that? there's a big stop in there with the helicopter sound. Mm -hmm. That's what I made me think of because after that is when uh yeah, so how do you? Yeah, feel I about mean, there's a there's a track on here. Which one was it? Uh, the hand that rocks the cradle that has like an extended like train sound opening. Yeah, I was like, is it? I actually didn't. The both times I heard that um, last night and today, I was like, what's going? Like, I was looking around like for for a second because there's also like this this crash sound sort of like like it's like clack, and I was like, what did we drop up there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, there's no 616 out of space. Uh, the record and the song. Um, but, but the I I don't see myself revisiting this because, like I said, it was so relentless on me. Mm -hmm. um, I do see I've, myself. I've making... gotten used to a lot of the relentlessness because 
Zach Hill and like his solo stuff has gotten mm-hmm. more maximalist, like where it's just like there's so much going on at any moment that you kind of have to like, you know. Zach Hill's in Death Grips, right? Yeah. That's his penis on that first record? Uh, Second record. Second record? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Okay. I, I was uh, one I wouldn't. That's that's interesting. Uh, but but uh, I, uh, you know, listening to that stuff, like he definitely does. He puts it into you, like when it comes to the music, not his penis. But um, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to hear this and then go listen to Death Grips. I think like, like you can definitely sort of hear the influence of it too. Yeah, espe- well, especially later Death Grip stuff. I think it becomes a little more. Uh, Zach Hill kind of starts to come through a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. where it gets it gets noisier, it gets more chaotic. Um, so I think. I'm gaining more of an appreciation for this album as I get more acclimated to Zach Hill stuff, which I think I'm like fully acclimated to his thing. But now that I'm visiting it after, like I listened to um, undo K from hot, which is it probably his, I think his most recent album. Uh, that thing is ridiculous. It is. <laughs> it's so maximalist. There's so much going on constantly. Um, and then listening to this, this sounds like light and airy by comparison. <laughs> so when it comes to uh pantheon of hella there's like four records five there's quite a bit actually yeah uh, I'm, i must be uh what is it where does it fall i prefer their duo stuff um mm-hmm. but i think i like this more than their uh like noise releases because mm-hmm. they they kind of stopped doing like you know duo math rock stuff and went to more like you know longer form just crazy sounds um mm. for for a little bit and those ones are a little harder to get into okay so this one's up there this one kind of brings the rock back into it well uh <laughs> you guys want to hear it i mean like like i said like it wasn't for me but uh, there are parts of it i definitely appreciate it you know um and i'm not mad at you for showing it to me eventually you'll so, get acclimated to the zach hill thing and you'll check it out again okay oh you think so okay yeah. uh, as, as long as we keep doing the show i think we will mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh so my pick was sufjan stevens the age of odds if you guys don't know sufjan stevens is uh that's fair um he, <laughs> he releases records every four or five years I, I became a Sufjan Stevens after, um, I think, as everyone did, when the, his record Illinois came out. He has like three records before that um, called The Seven Swans and then one called Michigan. Uh, there was a time when, and enjoy your habit, there was a time when he had this joke idea to write a record about every single state in the union. Um, people took it seriously and, uh, and the press ran with it. He was like, well, that's kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Even though he has two records, one Michigan, one Illinois. Uh he does not release records. This is his style changes from record to record. Like he doesn't repeat himself at all. Um, and we're talking about the age of odds, which is a blown out electronic record. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, after releasing a folk record, like a folk rock record before this, he comes out with this thing. And I, I was super excited for this record. And, uh, now, and when it first came out, it was pretty confounded, like by by uh by it because you know it's Sufjan and I expected more uh banjo and uh guitar and um <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that which is fine, 
because uh, you know, but to me, I was I was confounded at first when I heard the age of odds, and I think I listened to this on repeat for a week and a half. <laughs> I was exhausted by the end of it <laughs> because um, we'll get to after we listen to the track. But Sufjan Stevens uh, been around for a while. You guys can check out his stuff. He he is an interesting fella, and uh, um, I'll just uh, I don't have much to say about it without getting the record. So we'll go ahead and do that. And this is Sufjan Stevens. The Age of Odds. What is your thoughts on uh what what is your frame reference for Sufjan Stevens? Did you, did you have one? Not really. This was the only thing I've like listened to musically. Okay. But I've and had this I don't know, maybe preconceived notion in my head, but the more I look into it, the more I'm probably correct is he's always kind of struck me as the I don't know if you ever had these dudes in like your high school or uh, you know, a few at college, but it's like uh-huh. Those rich dudes who 
can live like a risk-free bohemian lifestyle <laughs> where it's like you know he has the money to go like go hang out and not have a job in like san francisco and tries oh. to like capture the uh you know the the freewheeling counterculture stuff because you know his parents are going to pay for all of it and it's fine uh well I don't think you're correct on that part. Well, um, he do, obviously he well he lives in New York. Yeah. Um, um his but, his mother his mother uh severely mentally ill growing up. Oh really? And, um, yeah, like but it's, like there's uh, so I was looking into this and you know I liked the the front cover art. Obviously he did too. He liked the yeah. front cover art. Um he that's by like Royal Robinson. Yeah, Royal Robinson who um when I saw him in Texas, he brought his late wife, wife up, late wife up on stage, or not his late wife. He brought his ex wife up on stage because she she contacted Stephen after seeing his uh, listening to this record and seeing his her ex husband's art on it. So that was strange. That is strange because I looked up yeah. Royal Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which. Sufyan was saying, he's like, the more I looked at his art, you know, the more I felt like, yeah, that's really me. And the first <laughs> thing that's on Royal Robertson's thing is like, he was an artist and all of his stuff was extremely misogynistic. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah the, sh the shit he said, like, it was crazy. And he was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia, so that probably had something to do with it. Um, but his, he was like a Christian UFOlogist sort of thing. Like, like he was, he, and, Legit crazy. Um, yeah, I mean his art is very cool. Yeah, but it's like, I I don't think you saying like, yeah, that's exactly me is maybe what you want to be saying. Right. Um, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would definitely wouldn't say that. Um, this record is dense. Um, the reason I can't listen to it, uh, you know, infrequently, except how dense and long it is. There is a 25 minute song at the end of this called Possible mm -hmm. Soul. Um. Uh, it's it's long and it's a third of the record, the runtime of the record. And when I saw him, he's like, "Oh yeah, we're playing Impossible Soul tonight." And I saw a lot of people just roll their fucking eyes <laughs> because <laughs> because they were there to see you know uh, stuff on the previous record. And he almost played exclusively stuff from um, from the Age of Odds. I was I, I, I gotta was know like it's got to be something similar to like people who are big like Boney Vare fans because of that one folk album. And then he's just releasing his off the wall shit now. So no, actually, this is interesting. So he he uh, after everyone paid attention after Michigan after Illinois came out, which is a great record in its own right. A little too long, in my and I have issues with it myself, but it's a great record. Um, this one is um, great in a different way. I would never um, I would never recommend this to anyone though. Um, and then he came out with uh, you know a few EPs. Um, weird stuff like he he wrote a piece on the British Queens Express or I'm sorry the the Brooklyn Queens Expressway they call mm -hmm. the BQE which is it's like a piece it's not like music <laughs> or music in in this in the a uh, pop sensibility uh and this and then he released probably my favorite record by called Carrie and Lowell which is stripped down mostly guitar like 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 uh, acoustic guitar and like here and there there's like extra instrumentation mm -hmm. it's a beautiful it's completely different from this and then just recently he came out with a new record um that's basically uh the age of odds too in the terms of sound not 
not like um not like a theme or anything right. like that. And I still I'm I'm still coming to grips with how I feel about that one, the newest <laughs> one. And I I really want to listen to it after listening to to this picking up, but it's just been every time Ben like Carly is like we're not listening to this. I'm like fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Let's, I think I can agree with you. I, you know, I have no frame re- framework for what I expect mm-hmm. from Sufjan, except the first track sounds like what I expected him to sound like. Okay. Um, yeah. But I absolutely agree that this thing is too long. Yeah. Um, it's it's really long. It's an hour and 19 minutes long, guys. And it's... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a better, shorter album in here uh, which we'll we'll get into on some of the tracks, but like some of these tracks are like five minutes, eight minutes. Like they get <laughs> a lot of them are really long, and it's like you have like three minutes worth of music here. Yeah. Like why you're stretching this so much? That that's that's his thing. Like I've noticed that in a, not in the not in carrying low, but on uh on on Illinois, uh, a lot of songs are stretched out because he wants to add all these background music and all this instrumentation fluttering woodwinds which is strangely a lot of that on this record too mm-hmm. and i'm sure i'm not sure it works a lot of the time um but let's go by track by track and then we'll just kind of give our general thoughts at the end of it um yeah uh, or throughout device, or whenever we have <laughs> yeah, whenever thoughts. we yeah yeah just thoughts uh so feel devices i actually really love this song um but people people uh, People have all these weird ideas of what Sufjan sings about in his his fan base, I guess. So, and I haven't really thought about that much. His fan base always they're like, "Yeah, Sufjan's gay." I'm like, "Is he?" <laughs> like, like they they think he's some uh, homosexual, which it could be true, but um, because because some of the things he's attached himself to are are pretty uh sympathetic to. Uh, gay rights and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In the the first a lot of the first song, they're thinking that it's him trying to come to grips with his feelings about how he feels about this person, and he's in whether it be familiar or not. Like for example, there's a line that says, "I think you as my brother," although that sounds dumb, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is really kind of getting into, um, you know, like love in like friendship mm-hmm. which maybe when this came out what what year did this come out 2010 okay i feel like around this time people were a little bit more like closed off with like mm-hmm. you know being like oh friendo i love you like yeah that that feels like a more like current trend that people are doing they're being more like open and expressive with like yes i love my friends yeah, so maybe this was written during a time where that was a weird thing to say. Yeah. And that's what I it, feel like it's it's getting at is like it's it's weird to say this, but like you're my best friend. I love you. Yeah. Maybe that's that's it. Uh I thought I thought I, I thought the feeling had these feelings they didn't know how to how to um Yeah, you're right, bitching out loud, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that could be sort of like I love you, but I don't want to. I don't want to sound gay or nothing. But yeah, yeah, yeah like, it, it kind of has that that vibe to it. Um, but uh, I think the song's fine. Um, but what a just weird start to this album, in particular. <laughs> like I, yeah. it's it's a cool track. It's 
but it's like it's like a folky track. Like it's two, you could, two minutes fourteen seconds, and it's got uh, Sufjan's hushed, sensual vocals in there. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say I love his voice. It's so nimble and weird, mm-hmm. not weird, but nimble, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's good. But yeah, a few devices. It's a weird track to this record to open up with because the next track fucking just starts out with this electronic squall. Yeah, you know? burbly sense was what yeah. I wrote. <laughs> and it's called Too Much. And maybe this song is a little too much. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but. Oh, I wrote Too Much. More like Too Long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this track is six minutes, 46 seconds. And this could have been condensed down to maybe four, maybe three. Maybe uh, like one. My, my big takeaway from this whole album is the most interesting and most effective tracks are the ones that are like two and a half minutes long. Oh, okay. Cause it's like, he kind of gets in, he gets out. They don't overstay their welcome. It, Cause that's kind of the issue with the longer tracks is it's just like a two and a half minute long track that he stretched out for an extra four minutes. In a lot of repeating the same shit over and over and over again. Exactly. Uh, like even, yeah. I mean, we'll get more, more into it on like the last track, but it's <laughs> sure it's 25 minutes, but it's really like, 10 of the two minute long tracks is, you know, mushed in there, yeah. which I think makes it work really well. But you know, a lot of the songs on here are just like, this song is too long. Like edit yourself down a little bit. Cause you're not, you're not even doing anything with it. <laughs> if there were more changes, it would be, you know, I could understand it, but it's like, you're just kind of chilling here for six minutes, so eight minutes. It was, it was produced uh, by Sufjan Stevens, mm-hmm. which maybe was a bad idea. Um, like he's like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take care of it, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I understand that he was probably deep into this thing, and he, he had all this energy to put into it, and he's like, yeah, the song's done. This is too much, or I need another three minutes of this, maybe. But uh, I will say that every time he does go around, it just gets louder and more cluttered. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like every time the chorus comes around, there's something more to it and that's oftentimes not a good thing um, because right. it's something like i'm like okay like like i i hear this squall in the background i hear your background singers going back and forth on this like but um too much is definitely not my favorite song on the record mm-hmm. not even close um, it's it i mean it's got some cool stuff i think more than anything i just kind of appreciated like all the different like sounds he's drawing in mm-hmm. um because it's got this like pretty complex electronic drum pattern, but then it's also got like electric horns. Yeah. Um, and then got like kind of whimsical woodwinds. Yeah. And that, that, that's why I thought it was weird to fit in here. Yeah. Like, uh, the wood. I like the way it sounds like you got the, the woodwinds, you've got the strings, which kind of give it this like classical, it gave a lot of it gave me like a Disney vibe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I hear those. That. Uh, but then you've got these like weird stuttery electronic drums and it's like, oh, well, that's kind of a, a cool little, you got the, like the whimsical kind of butting up against like the cold and technical. Mm. It's, it, a it was a neat that. sound. There's a lot of that in uh, this record, actually, this whole thing has, it, it flirts with the, with the cold and um, mechanical and the organic. Yeah. I, um, I really like the sound of like, orchestral instruments butting up with like electronic music. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's a Venetian snares album that I really like that uses 
like all the like electronic or all the instrumentation on it is like orchestral except for mm-hmm. like really glitchy weird drums and it's really cool what's one of the age of odds mm-hmm. kind um, of a more like a dark orchestral sound with like yeah. industrial drums like it starts off sounding very heavy yeah and i do want to mention that that uh most of these songs deal with love in in what different ways mm-hmm. um I say their love songs would be the wrong thing to say. I, I'm like again, I'm still trying struggling to find how I feel about this record because, because like I said, I couldn't. I don't don't think I could recommend someone who's like, oh yeah, I know Sufjan Stevens, Illinois. I'm like, no, no, no. I think it's something <laughs> completely different. Um, I think it's. I'll always say it. It's it's brave that people who like got famous off of sounding a certain way like make these left turns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always find that more interesting and more commendable than just doing like a part two to whatever you got famous with, if that's not what you're feeling. Um, even if it's not super successful, I, I wasn't super stoked on this album. Um, (laughs) look at the runtime before you listen to it. Oh, always. And I was just, uh, so um, the age of odds or age of odds, not uh, this sounds just the age of odds, but um, it's more more like noise, electronic, electronic noise in this. Um, and this song basically just deals with death. Um, mm-hmm. it's also eight minutes long, so um, uh, so uh, but the the, the common fan of the song is Oh, it rots, and uh, I didn't know that till I actually looked the lyrics yesterday. <laughs> That's what he was saying. <laughs> I thought it was just like, Oh, and he's just doing vocal, he's just. You know, vocalizing. I like the it kind of throughout the album is you've got this just like weird, like it's pretty weird music happening underneath mm-hmm. everything. Oh yeah, everything. And then, but it's all kind of tied together with these like catchier, poppier vocals. Like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty hooky. It's pretty catchy. Um, but I feel like all of the the catchiness comes from the comes from the vocals. Mm-hmm. Like anything that sticks in my head is stuff he's singing. And I, I like thinking right now, we just listened to the sampler. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could, cannot remember what any of the music on this album sounds like, but I can remember <laughs> vocal lines. Oh yeah. Uh, there's like, again, this is the one where I think it, it gets a little too, um, too heavy with when it comes to background vocals. Like you have this, you have this choir of people coming in like Gloria, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, but one of the things I liked about the song is the vocals are, are he sounds nervous a lot of these songs, like like straight up like 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 neurotic when it comes to this. And then that could be a part of the song because this song is it references Royal's work a lot. Um or not a lot, just some. Like for example, when he says, um I f- I feel I seen you when the earth was split in fives. The fuck ever, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> It's about death and then also living for instance, the age of odds, eternal living, whatever. Um, the, this is also not my favorite song on the record. It's, it's, it's long. It's, it's, it's loud. Mm-hmm. Pretty repetitive. I, yeah. And it's eight minutes long. Way too yeah. long. Uh, minutes, but maybe. it does kind of like turn into a folk song for a little bit at the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. And I, I was happy to get a little bit of a reprieve at the end of that. Because most of it just sounds so gargantuan and giant, like a, you know, like a, I don't know, just a a giant monster you're trying to get away from. 
in in a in not in a good way, but but like <laughs> it everything sounds so giant. Like if you've been in a place and you're like, man, it's just too fucking loud. There's mm-hmm. too much going on. And that's a lot of the song. Just too much going on, too loud. Uh and not that interesting. Like I, I like think, the way I think that's my big problem with it is like on paper, this is all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to it and you're kind of just like, okay, uh, this isn't that interesting. I'm ready for this to be done now. Yeah. So this could have been cut into four minutes and it would have been a fine song. Honestly, yeah. it's eight minutes long. Uh, moving on to I Walked. Let me pull my this, on this one. I thought I, this one was by this point my favorite so far. Yeah. Because um, it did do something interesting, which yeah. it was. I felt like a lot of the sounds were very like 80s synth sounding. Yeah. But he didn't fall back on making like an 80s synth song. So it's like it's got the same palette as an 80s song, but it doesn't it doesn't kind of fall into those cliches of like I'm making an electronic album now. Yeah, it does have like really soft fuzzy synths so soft fuzzy synths. Mm-hmm. You know, like um in rolling electronic is the best way things is rolling, you know. Um, and it's this song is really about be a break, it's either a breakup song, there's me uh, references to suicide in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, I like this song quite a bit. Uh, it's my I think my second favorite song on the record. Uh, I I think this is one where the the music and the the vocals actually work really well together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a lot of the tracks kind of have that issue of like the background music doesn't seem like it's from the same music that's being sung. Yeah. It's blown out a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people like that. I'm not one of those people that likes that, but again, I'm also not the biggest fan of electronic music. So maybe I'm not the person that he's directing this towards, but a lot of this music is, is just straight up weird. Like in, <laughs> you know, like, like, and not even like it, you know, IDM intelligent dance music does shit like this yeah i will say i think maybe i'm just not super well versed in electronic stuff like i listen to a decent amount but Mm -hmm. this is this sounds pretty unique for an electronic album yeah like i don't think i've heard anything like this i've heard stuff that is you know as orchestrated as Mm -hmm. this but it's like the the pieces aren't quite there i think this is the only thing like this i've heard uh which i appreciated yeah um, and, and I like. I mean, I they do more kind of like wall of backup vocals on this one. Again, sounds kind of Disney to me. Uh, yeah. But I, I liked. I walked. I, I I enjoyed that track. No, now that I'm older, um, <laughs> is the next song. It's it's this is um. It's, there's no percussion in this song. The next one. Now that I'm older, it's a bunch of like a orchestral chorus mixed with like electronic bleeps and bloops mm-hmm. um it it's a weird song it's four minutes 58 seconds and it's 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 like you're uh i guess the best way to put it is like you're sort of stuck in a wave i guess the best way yeah this one like it kind of starts out may i think it like clues you in at the beginning where it kind of starts off sounding like a piano ballad mm-hmm. and you're like okay it's going to be piano ballady but then they just kind of like layer on vocals that give it like that poltergeist effect. Yeah. So it's a, lots of reverb. 
Like, yeah. 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 Lots like, of it stays like, valid, but like the different layers definitely make it sound weird. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of spooky. And I but remember listening just, to this. I, I finally am able to like pick out vocalists. I was like, huh, backup vocals sound like St. Vincent. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, backup vocals are St. Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this song is basically just like being young. And not knowing what you don't know, like, it's pretty pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. And I do feel like he's talking to uh, every song in this, almost every song, almost every song, not all of it. He's talking to someone in particular about this, the same thing. I could see that. Uh, yeah. yeah, man, I don't have much to say about about now that I'm older, except yeah, that it's, it's weird. I I agree. I I kind of wish like um, like feudal devices or any of the like more folky tracks on here. Like, I think this is the route he should have taken with it mm. is like trying to figure out how he could rearrange it or reorchestrate it to sound in line more with the album. Mm-hmm. We want to get real, get right. Uh, this song. Uh, so, so Steve Nealon has this, 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 um, this fascination and he has a faith in God, right? Mm-hmm. He's in, he's in uh, the Christian God uh, at points. Like, like some of his are like, you're like, man, he's, he's either angry or he, or he just doesn't, he's feeling really atheistic at the point, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, get real, get right. Is to me, it's from the, it's from the, um from the head of Royal Robertson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the 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 guy he's singing that this record is based on like because he mentions him a lot in this prophet speak what's on your mind uh prophet royal priest and king um even stuff with saying snakes and master your feet so he's got all these biblical um biblical references in it we even says get real get right with the lord like that's you know like that that that's as plain as it gets you know talking about the lord and people are saying, "Well, he's talking about he's talking about, he's talking about God, right?" Um, I I don't know what to think of it. It's another electronic sort of song, like yeah, it goes back to the electronic sound. Um, mm-hmm. And there, this one's probably one of the more like maximalist ones. Like I feel like as often as he can, he's kind of just doing something to like you know add flourishes to it. Like there's I used little to moments of like Daft Punk vocal effects on his yeah. voice. And this is kind of danceable, but we'll get to danceable later. But, but this one, uh, I, I used to term a lot, um, ornamental electronics. Cause that seems like what a lot of it is just adding shit in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot is... of like vocal effects. I think mm-hmm. this track seems to have like every instrument that's used on the album. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, this <laughs> is like everything. This is into biggest, one track. This is, it's a big, big sounding record track. Mm-hmm. It sounds big, so so uh, like I'm gonna get the tags in this pop rock indie chamber music folk art pop and electronica. That's the tags that people give it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's all those. Yeah, it's all those for sure. It's got um, some cool like triumphant sci-fi sounding synths near the mm-hmm. end of the track that I liked. I don't really like this song. Mm-hmm. I I I just don't like it. I mean, it's just not, and not because the lyrics is just. It kind of seems it's just a little silly. You, know, you gotta, but um, 
but I know it. Like, you know, there's plenty of stuff I know. Like, I was, I knew this. Like I said, let's do a week and a half straight, like on repeat. Right. Yeah, trying, trying to get into it, and this is what I, got. I was to yesterday. I'm like, brought, brought me back to that place <laughs> where I worked at that job. I was like, what the fuck is this? But um, <laughs> let's move on to bad communication. The, one of the short songs on the record. Yeah, this um, is like, by this point was kind of where I realized, like, oh, this is how long all the tracks should be. Because yeah. like it doesn't ever say it's welcome. It doesn't get stale, and you're he's still able to like add in all the like changes and interesting flourishes he wants. Yeah, what I wrote about is the bleep bloop, soft fuzzy bouncy synths. <laughs> I will say though, but, some of the synths on this track sound farty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's farts all throughout this thing, and like and again, like bad communication. Just a just a long way of saying that you know. um just not listening to someone mm-hmm. <laughs> like bad communication <laughs> easy uh and it's two minutes and 27 seconds which when when it comes to the rest of the songs in this record you're like you're like why is this just short compared to everything else um and then that way it sort of loses itself in that like it's easy to overlook bad communication because mm-hmm. everything else is eight minutes long seven minutes long um and it's not like a it's a middle track you know it's not it's not like the opening track where you gonna remember what it sounds like at the very least um then we move on to Vesuvius, which is my second favorite song. The, well, probably my favorite. Your second first, second favorite song on this album. <laughs> I, yeah, but I love the intro to this. Like the very intro to this. I love the way that that the piano uh keyboard sounds. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, and I wish it was more prominent throughout this song. I would have found this being a ballad just with that the whole time. Um it's not that though. <laughs> This one, this one was up there. I still, I still liked it. Um, it ha- it has some good lyrics. I like the "I'd rather be burned than living in debt." It's got you know noisy solos in it, but this track is like begging for a big like triumphant payoff. Like you want it to build into something, you know, like a big but, electronic jam sesh or something. You don't get that though. You don't. It, but, it just kind of fizzles out and you're like, well, damn it. I want, I want the big payoff. What you do get in this song is you find out how his first name is pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> Cause when I, when I, I used to call him stuff, Jan, and I felt like a fucking idiot when, um, when I heard this record, I'm like, Oh, it's Sufjan. And <laughs> it's I, stuff jam. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like in it's, it's a Arabic word. I figure what it means, but his parents are hippies, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he refers to himself in it, which I don't hear a lot of artists referring to themselves by first name in the music. And so that happens a lot in Vesuvius. But again, it's just about it's comparing yourself to a volcano. You can just talk about what happens in this. You know, he's he's he had severe anxiety and issues between this and also talking about later on he's also really fucking sick at a point you know mm-hmm. um and uh Vesuvius is sort of the beginning of that sort of part of the record where he talks about um straight being sick um we can get to the next one yeah well myself. this one had <laughs> yeah. sorry uh i was reading the lyrics and i still couldn't hear the lyric which is supposed to be follow me now as i favor the ghost right yeah I, I, there was a lot of stuff i'm like i don't hear that yeah, it like, sounds like follow me now as I finger the ghost. <laughs> maybe that's what he was. Yeah, maybe that's what he's saying. actually saying. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, of course, it's talking about Vesuvius firefighter, and then you can have all these genius fuckers like on genius.com saying, well, he's talking about hell, you know, and hell hills and stuff. No, um, no, I'm not hearing that. But uh, all for myself, another percussionist song at the, at the end. There's, probably, mm-hmm. but this is, uh, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Uh, this one was another one that like confirmed to me that like doing the shorter songs really works out better for getting yeah. the statements across. Cause this is another one yeah. of my favorite tracks on here. Yeah. It's a love song for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it's about jealousy really. Um, and this is where people were like, well, he's, you may be like, talking about, you know, with Harry chess and Walter Hurst and a bathing boy, amazing view. Like, like, um, and I, I don't doubt because there's, there's other songs that where you're like, what is he referring to? Is he is he cluing us in? But he's refused to talk about bubbly. It's not like they haven't asked him. He just says, "I'm not talking about that at all." Mm-hmm. So, so good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep it, keep it in music. Um, it's got some brass, some sa- samples. It sounds like it stands with a sample, not necessarily an instrument, but something. Uh, maybe field recording or something. But yeah, this one it kind of it sounds like a loop almost. Like mm-hmm. the stuff's mm-hmm. changing, but it's like it's playing this pretty short like repeated phrase the same mm-hmm. way every time mm-hmm. which i really I, liked I, I thought the the music and the vocals play off each other really well on this one i like i like the song and then but, the drums aren't really like keeping a beat they're like another instrument they're kind yeah. they're like echoey and feedbacky kind of like dub inspired almost mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it's um a really interesting use of percussion in that song not necessarily rhythm you know mm-hmm. And I, I I actually appreciate that quite a bit, and all for myself a shorter song, like two minutes, two minutes, two and a half minutes, I think. Yeah, perfect appropriate length. Time. Yeah, appropriate length for the, the for the ideas they have for this song. Uh, which brings us in. I want to be well. Mm-hmm. A little uh, bit more minutes. of a jaunty tune. <laughs> yeah, I actually think that this is. You may disagree with me one hundred percent. I think this is appropriately length. Length. Um, to me. Well, you want to know why it feels that way? Why? Because it's got the big payoff at the end. Oh, it does have the payoff. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, with I'm not fucking around. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, great. Another track that's begging for a big finale. And then it started to happen. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so um, this was a this is a song about him being straight up sick. Uh, he um he got had this this thing to happen for six months where he was just like in chronic pain and and, and they did all these tests on his brain and his spinal cord and shit, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, mm-hmm. right? And then one day, it just it just it took months and months, and it, it finally just went away. Oh dang! And the doctors still don't know what it was, and it could have been something that it, they un, they called it viral, but they don't know what the virus was, right? Mm-hmm. And it fucked it fucked with his nervous system, and so he was actually really f- scared of dying. While um while going through the illness, because uh, I don't I don't know if a lot of us I mean and I don't know if a lot of us face our mortality that much, but he was he was definitely scared of dying, and it's it's gotta be like it's straight terrifying to to being on your bed thinking am I gonna die you yeah. know like especially uh, for like months like just having that uh, hanging over you yeah so this song is basically about saying how he wasn't wishes he wasn't sick. Um, and he's not fucking around when he wants to be well, but 
but for example, there, there's lines in here like "illness likes to prey upon the lonely." I like that line a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's this probably has my favorite song, like favorite lyrics on the record. Um, the the burning from within with the burning from with, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but I I like this song a lot. It does have that payoff that we all beg for when it comes to the long songs on this record, and it it's great. I mean, you saw me. You heard my sample. It's I'm not fucking around. Yeah, <laughs> this is probably my favorite song on the record. Yeah, I could I could yeah. drive with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the 25 minutes song on the record. Oh, not only 25 minutes, 25 minutes and 34 seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I'm I'm normally a long song guy. Oh yeah, but a lot of this album already felt too long. So by the mm-hmm. time you hit. Like I don't know, maybe open your album with the twenty-five minute track. Yeah, <laughs> something maybe it's just placed wrong, or yeah. I mean, the album itself is already a little too long. And this is a third of the track, like third of the length of the record. Oh yeah. Um, and like I said, he apologized to people. He was like, "I'm gonna play this song. Uh, I hope, thank you for letting me do this. Like, <laughs> for like, indulge myself." And this is where when they playing the song, people were getting up and dancing. And I was just sitting in my seat because it's a this is at a college at uh, Texas A&M, I think. I saw it at, like some uh, college music hall and uh-huh. there were seats set out, which I wasn't expecting. But yeah, like th- there were people getting up and dancing really into the song. Uh, he also had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of people on stage and um, a lot of he had he had like a projector with all this stuff going on behind him. Um, and this song itself. It's about five parts and lots of electronic and the, but the parts are distinctive at least the very least. Right. Yeah. But they do like kind of like lead into each other and reference each other. Like I think for, you know, a 25 minute track, like this is how he should have been doing some of the other longer tracks on the album. Like I, I, I like this track a lot. Yeah. Which my it, biggest complaint with this album is some of his stuff goes on too long, and then the longest one is like, oh, okay, no, you know, you do know what you're doing. Yeah, because there's fi- there's five parts to a 25 minute song, which is appropriate. Yeah, and about th- five my, minutes my, a piece. My notes take a take a page and a half on this one. Oh my god, but I, I only take up like half a page. I didn't want to well, describe the, each individual part. Yeah, uh, but I most most of the notes I take are I barely use them. Like I do use them just as a reference. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I don't read everything on them. Yeah, I've got a lot on here that are like just reactions as it's as I'm listening to it. So it starts out with just like a bum, bum, like and that's that's it's only a little bit because it, this song is also gets the loud parts. It it's overstuffed at points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. It starts straightforward enough, like with that kind of like single chord. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that that chord develops is because like different instruments kind of take over playing it and it sits mm-hmm. kind of syncopated in there. So it it doesn't sound reggae, but it does give it that kind of laid back reggae vibe that I yeah. think is really cool for the like the first part of this track. Yeah, it, it uses the term wigging out, which I, I love that term when someone says they're wigging out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, that's cool. But um, it it it, it does say that, you know, before I put it right for the impossible soul, which after that first time he says that, that's when the whole thing comes in for part one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a cool song. I mean, the first part is like, yeah, I'll call it a song. That first part is a cool first part. 
and I like it a lot. And there's a little bit of there's a cool guitar solo in it. Yeah, very you know? fuzzed out. Yeah, very fuzzed out and cool sounding. It almost sounds like blues, a little, little bit bluesy in that. Um, well, one thing I like about this track is it seemed like kind of throughout the album he was avoiding like influences. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this track and it's like now he's kind of like playing into them. It's he's got some mm-hmm. like pop stuff. There's like parts of it that sound like rap to me. It's got yeah. dub. He's got 80s electronic music, 90s electronic music, dance. There's like parts in this that sound like craft work. There's, yeah, there's, parts there's, there's a drone that, segment. There's an auto tune like a section to this. Yeah. Was, yeah. Which, of course, you know, that, that, that's an influence. You can't say, oh, yeah, it's completely uh, just me. But um, I uh, there, there, there's a part in the song, and I mentioned this last night, and when I said um, it's not so impossible. You're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, like yeah. uh, in the, uh, that's why I was gonna mention to you um, uh, the there is a part in this where, in part four, where he just says the same thing over and fucking over again. Yeah, for, for like for, ten for, minutes, he's just saying, yeah, yeah. boy, we can <laughs> do so much together. Yeah, it's not so impossible, and I. I <laughs> I kind of figured you might kind of hate that part. Um, I I was okay with it. Um, yeah. I feel like I would have preferred just there be no singing during that part, but it, I <laughs> thought it was really cool how it kind of linked part four and part five. Mm-hmm. It's did like you, you get the you, this repeated vocal thing that the music's changing underneath. Did you like the call and response? was like, uh, I'm sorry, this is in part uh, two where he's like, or part three, I'm sorry, where he's like, um, have you failed to feel like, no, I don't want to feel pain. Like the, the call and response on that one. I thought that, that was pretty cool. Of, I think that was the part where I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like a rap track. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. Um, but yeah, uh, it like the boy, the, it's not so impossible part. It goes, it does that like five or six times uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and it changes it up. Like there's vocoder at one point. There's a, we get that break. Which brings us into basically Feudal Vices Part Two, the last part of the song. Yeah, because it kind of it, it opens on a folk mm-hmm. thing and it ends on a folk thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it changes from "Boy, we can do 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 so much more together" to "Boy, we made such a mess together," mm-hmm. which is basically that's a breakup. It's over, and I now we deal with the fallout. Right, that's what I got from it at least. Um, in Impossible Soul is. It's twenty five minute epic. It's the, it's the, uh, it's if you're someone if someone thinks of this record, and they don't think Impossible Soul, I don't know which I don't know if they listen to. Right, and like, um, Impossible Soul itself is like it's very much kind of like a thesis statement for this album. Mm-hmm. It's like a mini yeah. version of the album stuffed in the album. Yeah, yeah. You can you can if you want someone's like I want a short version of this record. I'm like you can listen to Impossible Soul. That's yeah, it's like version. EP length. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is EP length, and uh, honestly, there's some bands that just put out this as a record. Uh, I'm talking to you, Japan Droids. Uh, <laughs> they, they put out like eight tracks, and oh, this is a new record. Uh, but the sound, that's not going to sound anything like this. I can't think of anything else that I listen to that sounds like this besides Sufjan's newest record. Uh, yeah, so. it, it's very unique, which I I liked. So, um. I could the Sufjan might show up again later, but it's not going to sound like this at all, at all. Right. You're going to be surprised if, uh, and I, I, I didn't honestly, I didn't think I'd ever pick this record for the show. It's not something I thought of, but 
uh, it's so dense and so long. And it, to me, it's a, it's a piece that it's hard to get through and I have to be in the right mood. I have to be like locked in. Right. Know? Yeah. I can and definitely I, see needing to be in the mood for this album. Yeah. So that's why I picked the age of odds. And I honestly hadn't thought about that in a long time until this topic came up. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's impossible. That's not possible. So this is age of odds by Sufjan Stevens. If you guys are interested in it, of course, the main streaming services you can listen to this on. I think Bandcamp is also doing like a Bandcamp Friday for a few, few weeks, I think. Uh, that sounds um, about right, yeah. Uh, you know what time it is? <laughs> New theme time. Let me go get the bag. So It's stuck behind the desk, so give me a second here. <laughs> All right, that was easier than I thought I would be to get. All right. All right, um, let me pull this open and shake it up. Uh, post-breakup. Post-breakup. So we pick a maybe a solo artist or a different band they're known for, and this is what they've done post-breakup. Uh, that's what I'm getting from it. That yeah, that's probably what I'll do. That's good. It's gonna be good times. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's it. Post breakup. That'll be our next full episode. We have we have some probably quite a few um mini episodes, especially around this time. I don't know if you guys are upset by it, but we're gonna do them anyway. So, uh, you got any thoughts going on, pal? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, okay. Me and my friend do the music for this podcast. Uh, so if you like the intro or the outro check us out on bandcamp we're at smell.bandcamp.com uh both of our eps are free or pay what you want uh so check them out what about you i do another podcast called moves don't suck and some that do it's monthly or not monthly it's fucking weekly (laughs) and and we do two new moves a week uh if you guys are interested in hearing about dinosaurs we just talked about uh dress park dominion uh Jurassic World Dominion, and I don't know if this will come out. Probably come out weeks from now. But um, <laughs> if so, yeah. But we talk about the movies, and uh, it's it really should be called movies on suck and some and dick jokes. But you know, we have fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, you and I have fun doing this podcast. Uh, so uh, I think that's all. Are you good? Yeah, that's all I got. So right, thanks guys, for listening. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>